Hello, my pretty friends, and welcome to the Girl Fuel podcast. My name is Haley. I'm a registered dietitian and nutrition coach. Here with me today is my co-host and assistant nutritionist, Zoe. And we are here to help you along your health and fitness journey by providing evidence and experience-based knowledge and full transparency. We have a really awesome topic for you guys today, as this is something that you know, is near and dear to my heart and my journey personally. Um, And also, I'm sure a lot of you are going through something similar. So today we're going to talk about what it really takes to heal your body, specifically to heal your gut and or your hormones. So in this episode, you know, we're going to cover a lot of different things. We're going to kind of start with, well, what do you actually have to do to get better? twist. It is not take everything under the sun as far as supplements go or take all the probiotics. It's not that. So we're going to talk about what it takes from like a coaching protocol standpoint, what it takes from a financial standpoint, and then also what it takes from like a habitual and lifestyle standpoint, because these all are very key factors in actually achieving health. Sweet. So I'll start by taking us through, you know, If I have somebody that comes to me and says, hey, like, these are my symptoms, Um, I've been feeling this way for for so long, and I don't know what to do. The typical coaching process that I'll take somebody through is, you know, starting with the easiest options, especially easiest options financially. So if you've had any blood work done from your doctor within the last six months to a year, or even when your symptoms started, I'm going to look at that first before we order anything. Um, And I do have a couple of different questionnaires that I will use to get a good gauge on symptoms, you know, why these symptoms may be occurring and what is going on in your lifestyle that may be exacerbating them. Because the biggest thing about having a gut or a hormonal issue is understanding the root cause. And I don't know, Zoe, if you can agree with this, but I think a lot of people are just looking for like a Band-Aid and they're just looking for something that's like instant gratification going to make them feel better. Yeah, we see that a lot. We want symptom management without necessarily digging deeper to really like figure out what's actually happening so that we don't need that constant symptom management. But it's hard to it's hard to get past that point though. I think like you're going to dive into here about like kind of what you experience, right? Like getting to the root cause mm-hmm. of sometimes it does feel a little bit easier to just put that band-aid on it. Um, but as we know, those problems are usually just going to, you know, get get worse down the road rather than getting better, um, even though those symptoms, right, might be helped by whatever we're doing. Definitely. And I've had clients who have gone through multiple doctors, endocrinologists, GI specialists, and not to say that there aren't some fantastic ones out there, but more often than not, those professionals will start with a quick fix. You tell them that you have constipation and diarrhea. They say, oh, you have IBS, you know, take this supplement and add more fiber to your diet when, you know, or this medication when in reality, you know, more fiber to your diet may be the worst thing that you can do. Or my absolute favorite, oh, you have horrible period symptoms, heavy bleeding, irregular cycles, here's some birth control, (laughs) right? Or here's a supplement or here's a probiotic is another one I've actually low carb diet. (laughs) Yes. Or take away the carbs. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So there, needless to say, you know, there are some great, you know, actual Western medicine practitioners out there, but this is just me speaking from experience with having clients come to me after numerous colonoscopies, endoscopies, series of blood work and their doctor telling them that everything is normal. But, you know, if you're in this boat, I'm sure in the back of your head, you're like, this is not normal. I do not feel normal. I do not feel like I should. And the unfortunate part about it, and I know that this was true for me for many years, we find our new normal, right? We accept I'm going to have brain fog. I'm only going to poop once a week. I'm going to want to die when I have my period, right? And these are things that, you know, you deserve to advocate for yourself and get through. So, you know, when I have somebody come to me, I will start with those low barrier options when it comes to questionnaires, utilizing maybe testing that they've already had done and always, you know, discussing the financial burden, which we'll get into. Um, And like I mentioned, we want to get to the root cause because a lot of these issues are going to domino off of each other. And I know Zoe's had her own slew of 
health related things over the last couple of years that she can probably bring into this too with, you know, maybe your root cause is a GI issue, but you also have horrible periods. You have no energy. So you're like, well, where do I even start? There are so many things wrong. And that's where in that initial process, I'm going to weed out what is the biggest rock? What do we need to work on first? Either because it's preventing your body from healing and from other things, or because it's impacting your health the most. And for most people, the biggest rocks are either going to be the gut, because if your gut is bogged down, if you're not having bowel movements or you're having inflammation in there, a lot of things are going to be wrong downstream. You're going to not be able to absorb your nutrients properly. You're going to have nutrient deficiencies, which will result in brain fog, irregular periods, thyroid disorders, and all of that. If you're not going to the bathroom the way that you should as well, or if you're not feeling great in your gut, odds are your sex hormones are not being detoxed out of the body through your stool the way that they should. And that's where we see people have that estrogen dominance, which is, you know, estrogen relatively higher than progesterone because estrogen isn't being pooped out. It is being recycled into the bloodstream, causing those symptoms like the bad PMS, the migraines, the night sweats, the breast tenderness, which are all probably the most common things that I see in women that also have these GI issues. So when I'm looking at a client, yeah, I'm looking at their labs. I'm looking at what they tell me their symptoms are, but I'm also looking at their lifestyle. Because, and this was kind of a hard pill for me to swallow, there are a lot of things in your lifestyle that can breed these issues or that can make them really hard to get rid of. So again, whether it is lifestyle driven, whether it does start with the gut, whether it does start with your thyroid or another one is high cortisol will drive a lot of downstream issues for people. We need to identify what that is, whether it's through the questionnaires or whether it's through lab work. Right. And so like, where do you start when say it's a woman who comes to you who maybe she's had painful periods throughout her life and kind of, you know, been given a little bit of the runaround and, you know, cause like little side note, you know, endometriosis in particular, which can cause heavy bleeding. Mm. Um, it takes a really long time to be diagnosed. We've seen that women just aren't listened to and, so what would you do if someone, you know, maybe they've been given the runaround as far as their period symptoms. And then now, you know, a little bit later in life, they're dealing with those digestive symptoms that may, you know, very well be kind of related. Now, if, you know, you're in that boat and you're like, oh my gosh, like I've had, you know, colonoscopy, I've like gone to the GYN, everything's coming back and kind of everything is feeling not so great. Where would you kind of ask them to start if you kind of have both of those things going on at the same time? What is, um, I guess, your best way of determining like, yeah, let's dive in here first. And do you only look at that system or are you also looking at, say, those that other one? Um, you know, so if you start to tackle gut first, are you looking for changes in hormone health at the same time or in, or like vice versa? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's a great question. So in addition to trying to figure out the root cause, we also try to figure out the timeline. So like in Zoe's example, this person probably started having hormonal symptoms first. Okay, well, this started in X year. When did these gut symptoms start? And we'll dig deeper, like what are these exact symptoms? So I have a questionnaire that I really like to use. Um, and if you're a coach, feel free to ask for this. I can share it with you. Um, that breaks it down into the different systems of the or organs of the digestive tract and what symptoms might be related to it. So for example, you know, esophageal symptoms, stomach symptoms, small intestinal symptoms, large intestinal systems, gluten sensitivity um, symptoms, whatever it is. So I'll always start with that. And if this person, the biggest rock in their mind, the thing that's causing them the most trouble is their hormones, we will take a couple weeks, maybe even a month and not test anything because I want to weed out what is the actual root issue here. So typically, you know, if somebody is coming to me with say exacerbated constipation, you know, heartburn, indigestion, and maybe diarrhea too, and also having other hormonal issues, energy, whatever, I'll likely change their diet. And we'll try to do some, usually I'll do some sort of temporary, temporary elimination diet 
um, to see, hey, if we eliminate these food groups, do you feel better? And I'll usually start with a lower FODMAP diet because those those higher FODMAP foods, those are going to be um, types of usually carbs and starches that are harder to be harder for your body to digest. Um, so say we put you on that lower FODMAP diet and all of a sudden you're going to the bathroom. Great. That kind of tells us, all right, something is going on here if these foods are triggering to you. So say we do that and, you know, gut symptoms start to resolve, but we're still seeing hormone symptoms be, be out of whack. This is where, again, before I have somebody pay $250 to $400 for a test, I'm going to play with other variables first. I might have you start tracking your blood glucose because that will help me see Fasting blood glucose is a great marker of internal and external stress on the body. So I might try to use blood glucose and maybe resting heart rate, have you evaluate your mood, your stress to see, well, how are you feeling day to day to show me what that stressor might be. So say we're seeing, you know, those elevated blood glucose numbers, we're seeing exacerbated sex hormone symptoms um, and the gut is the gut is an issue too. If we do an elimination diet and you do feel better with your gut, that kind of tells us, hey, something is going on here. And kind of back to what I said earlier, if we think the gut's the biggest domino, we have to test for that first. We have to do, deal with that first because if we do reintroduce foods and you're just going to go back to being constipated, it doesn't matter if I support your – well, it matters. But it doesn't matter as much if I suppose dramatic – if I support your hormones because it's not going to be detoxed properly. So – a lot of people that do have these GI issues, be that an infection, um, bacterial, viral, yeast, whatever in their GI tract, or even just like that systemic immune response, because like 60% of your immune system does lie in your gut. So if there's inflammation in there for whatever reason, then your immune system is not going to function properly and other things aren't going to work. So usually, you know, if the GI issues do not go away within a month and we are having to restrict a lot of foods, I will test the gut first. And, you know, if I order you a GI map, it's around 300, 350. However, you know, if I have clients come to me all the time and they're pretty knowledgeable and they're like, I've been dealing with this forever. Like I want to run a GI map and a Dutch test, which that a Dutch test would be saliva and or urine uh, metabolites and, you know, sex hormones, adrenal hormones, cortisol, all of that stuff. Um, if they can afford to run them both, great, we will. However, you know, if say, you know, the gut, it's a minor problem, I can change their lifestyle, change their food choice, not go full elimination diet. And I won't, I won't always start with that. Sometimes we'll play with fiber. We'll play with things like meal timing. So for example, and I've done posts on this, if you're having constipation, more often than not, you're going to need to space your meals apart further. And the reason for that is we have something in our GI tract called, in our stomach actually, the migrating motor complex, MMC. And we can think about this as like the motor that moves our digestive tract, right? So the migrating motor complex is in charge of pushing food and down your GI tract, in charge of peristalsis, so those waves of churning that help your body break down food. It triggers enzymes and digestive processes and juices to be secreted. And this only occurs 90 minutes. It starts 90 minutes after you eat a meal. So if you eat a meal and then you eat two to three hours later, you're not giving your body enough time for that to happen. And some people's MMCs are more resilient than others. Like, you know, in our last podcast, we talked about somebody that had normal digestion and eats every two hours sometimes. Great. However, if you're having constipation, odds are your MMC is like chronically a little bit slow. So you need to wait at least four hours between meals. Try to and have some water and tea and whatever else you drink between your meals and sip in moderation during them. So that's one thing we'll try. And then I'll also look at food choice because I find a lot of people, women and especially that do, you know, come to us having followed tracking macros or being a competitor or in their fitness journey for a while, they might be eating some of those processed fitness foods. 
like protein bars, like protein chips, like all these things that for a healthy gut, fine, you know, use them. But for somebody that's dealing with constipation, you know, we're going to want to simplify the diet as much as possible. And in a lot of cases, just managing those things can be helpful. Same goes for like your routine with movement. So maybe you're somebody, especially if your blood glucose is high, that needs to go on a low intensity walk when you wake up before you eat to help stimulate that that digestive process, help it wake up a little bit because most people probably poop in the morning, right? You may poop more than once a day, but you know most of my clients tell me, hey, I have coffee and then I poop or I wake up and I poop. I go to the gym in the morning and then I poop. So we're trying to allow that process to occur. Now, if you're somebody that is more diarrhea dominant, the opposite is going to be necessary. We may need to eat meals a little bit more frequently so that way they can be a little bit smaller and less of a burden on your digestive tract. And this is also where if you are having diarrhea, like day to day, you should eat a really bland diet. Not too many fibers, not too much roughage, and really just try to simplify it and keep water away from the meals, keep it between them. So that way you don't over overburden your, your digestive tract. So a lot of times, honestly, by just looking at food choice, looking at these routines, we can improve GI symptoms and avoid that test. Awesome. So say we do that, you know, depending on when the last time this person had labs, I would probably start with blood work over a Dutch test because a Dutch test, you know, it shows us testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, and some of those um, precursors and breakdown metabolites, but it doesn't show us anything else. So I can't tell if you have a vitamin or mineral deficiency. I can't tell if where your cholesterol is through that, like I can with blood work. So blood work is honestly serums, like going and getting a needle in your arm, the blood comes out, you know what I mean? It's probably my favorite thing to do with someone to start. Now, say we do that and we go through a protocol and we still can't figure out what's going on, then maybe we'll get a Dutch test. But, you know, for most people, serum labs or a, a GI map is going to be where I start. I think that answered the question. <laughs> that was such a, that was a very thorough answer. And I, I have a question for you about that. So how does that work? So if, if someone comes to you, right. And you start those month of lifestyle changes, and then you figure out, all right, I really think that these particular tests would give us a lot of missing pieces. So what does that look like? Does someone, you know, need to go and then like find a provider to get that blood work done? Like how does, how does that picture work when you're working with a registered dietitian through something? Like how does your healthcare provider play into that? What does that look like to get that done? Cause I know sometimes it can be a little intimidating when I know people who are like going to start, you know, like a, a gut protocol or a hormone protocol. And so they're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I, you know, have time to go through and like juggle all of these things. So what does your role look like that? Definitely. And that's a great question. So I can order any tests that you need for you. Most of them are done at home. GI map, you just poop in a box, you package it up and you send it <laughs> off all done at home. Kind of gross, super easy. Um, a Dutch test is also done at home. You spit and pee on some stuff. Awesome. Easy. Send it off. Serum labs. I can order a custom panel based on what you need. And I do this for my clients or people that want consults and just are doing like a one-time thing. Um, and then you go to the lab, get your blood drawn. The only issue with this for some people is that I do not take insurance just because, you know, the nature of being an online practitioner and working with people all across the country, it's not, you know, that feasible to be in network for people. So that's where I'll talk to my clients and say, hey, like, can you afford doing this test? If not, can you get in with a doctor to run blood work? Because unfortunately, most normal practitioners, there are some out there that are dipping into the functional side, but most normal practitioners that will take insurance cannot or do not run things like a GI map stool test or a Dutch test. Some of them don't even know what it is. Um, and it's really unfortunate because those are, in my opinion, um, those would be great diagnostic tools for them. I cannot diagnose you with things as a dietitian, but you know, they can, but anyway, so I can order all of those tests for you. Um, the results would come directly to me and we would be able to address that together. So there is a little bit more, you know, entry, so to speak, because it's not like you wait six months to get an appointment or anything like that. 
Um, and then from there, you know, we hop on a call or we do it via email and I will go over everything with you and what those steps would look like. Because um, as we're going to get into here in a bit, it is a bit for a lot of people of a lifestyle overhaul and it can be very overwhelming. So we take it in steps. Yeah, that was definitely kind of my next thing of, you know, we've, I feel like a lot of us have seen, you know, there's some protocols out there, right? They seem like there's a lot going on and for like a long time. And so how, how does that timeline, or I know you can't speak for everyone, but what is kind of an average timeline of what that looks like? Because as we know, this is something that's different, right? And it may um, sometimes be maybe a little extreme what we need to do um, compared to what someone's lifestyle was before, right? But it's come to the point where maybe their symptoms are just so strong where that period of time of them really, you know, overhauling their life, um, you know, the discomfort of that. That, right it is much more manageable than the discomfort of continuing to live what they're living with um but as we all know like from the psychology standpoint not knowing when those more rigid rules are mm. going to kind of end it can can lead us to feel maybe even too intimidated to even start yeah. feeling better so like what are some examples of timelines that you've seen clients successfully um work through so that people kind of have an idea of like all right you know no it's 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 not forever Definitely. Um, and I'd say the most intensive thing you can work through is a gut issue. Because with a gut issue and a lot of things that I see on GI map tests that come back positive are going to be, you know, candida, which is the yeast infection of the GI tract, which is something that I dealt with, or, you know, signs that you might have SIBO, a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, H. pylori, which is like an inflammatory infection, um, parasites, stuff like that. So with all of those, they are, there's a lot there because you do have to change your diet to reduce inflammation and to make sure that you're not continuing to feed the bad bacteria. So that's why gut protocols are usually the most strenuous um, because not only may we be pulling training back to reduce stress, making sure that we're sleeping more, you might have to change your, most people don't have to change their work schedule. It's more just about like setting boundaries and stuff like that, which is something we'll, we'll help them with. Um, but I will say with the gut protocol, there's a lot of supplements for a lot of for a lot of circumstances. And also then there's the dietary changes. But with most of these issues, um, assuming the person can be like pretty damn compliant, um, three months is usually what what we see. And with a lot of people, especially my one-on-one -on -one clients where we are talking at least once a week, I will start liberalizing their diet and liberalizing their lifestyle as quickly as I can, just based on how their symptoms are and you know what kind of markers we're hitting throughout those three months. Um, and even for my one-off consult clients, I'll have them touch base with me every four to six weeks just to make sure they're in a good spot or maybe they're going on vacation and they want to talk about that first. Because at the end of the day, like, Yes, following a certain diet and restricting certain foods is going to be optimal, but sometimes it's just not possible. So that's where like with clients, I'll have that conversation. Oh, you're going out of town for this. You're going to a wedding. Well, you don't have to not enjoy that. You don't have to like pack your meals in a Tupperware completely. But these are the things we need to focus on to keep you feeling good. Because usually once you start that gut protocol, symptoms do start to go away and you get a slew of fluctuations between feeling 100% better, having some like minor uncomfortable days where things are trying to work themselves out, but on, on average, you do feel better. So the gut protocol is probably the most intensive. And then with hormones, it is so individual, so individual. Um, I will say hormone wise, you know, one of my favorite things to do is help somebody restore their period. And that timeline is almost impossible to predict. But the thing with that is, you really don't have to change your, usually, usually, you don't have to change your diet a ton. You know, when you're looking to improve your hormones, we think about adding things instead of taking them away. So I'll likely give you certain vegetables that I want you to try to add because they're going to provide those nutrients to support the processes that your hormones need or certain fruits or certain fat sources. So it's, it's usually more addition than subtraction with hormones will really just limit things that are going to cause inflammation. And that may be specific to the individual. Um, and then, you know, timeline with other hormone-related things like that heavy PMS, the estrogen dominance, the PCOS, 
those are all person to person. And I find that, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can probably relate to this that are listening. Like a lot of those are stress are influenced by stress. So like, for example, say you had a horribly stressful month, you know, something bad happened at work, somebody passed away, a breakup, whatever it is, your food quality was just bad for whatever reason, or not bad, but less optimal for whatever reason. And you may have a horrible menstrual cycle when you don't normally just because your body's stressed, right? So stress management is probably the biggest one when it comes to hormones. And we'll talk about that more here soon. Yeah, I think um, we've definitely seen that where we've actually had clients who kind of transitioned over from working with you on Mm -hmm. a more on a protocol. Um, We've actually had them, you know, transfer over just to literally shift that focus and to solely focus on overall stress reduction by focusing on habits. And I know that we've seen people, you know, like they've had so much great success of like getting things, you know, really back in line. And then we saw like, you know, that last kind of missing puzzle piece was almost like, all right, let's bring these other lifestyle factors down and, you know, just kind of looking at, um, other things. And so sometimes, you know, maybe it's not about, like you said, adding, adding stuff in. Sometimes it's about resting more is probably one of the most common ones that we see, um, of women just like doing so much. Right. And then just asking them to be like, Ooh, like let's slow down while we're also doing these other things, because this is such a big part of it. Definitely. And it can be really uncomfortable, especially, you know, with hormones, because a lot of times the reason why some women have hormonal issues is because they're under eating or they're just not eating enough of the right things. And, you know, trying to eat more food and exercise less when you're already not feeling comfortable, it can be really hard. Um, And to kind of explain what Zoe was talking about a little bit further. So you guys understand kind of how we operate at Girls Fuel. So Zoe and I coach very, very differently for a reason. Right. So the majority of my clients were communicating via email. We do phone calls as needed. And we are, you know, talking about all the things, stress, lifestyle protocols. But Zoe operates more off of doing calls with their, her clients. And she really focuses on that habit building, working on maintaining food freedom. And I'm sure, Zoe, you can elaborate on that a little bit more, too. Yeah, very just um kind of client led, I think is a really mm-hmm. good way to put it. Um really helping people just to like find their autonomy like after doing something like that. So whether it's a gut protocol, a hormone product protocol, even just, you know, competitors going through a season of like, you know, really tracking and then needing to focus on their health and shift. And so, you know, what we do in a more client-led approach is, you know, yes, we do have some data collection, which definitely varies from person to person, but really, you know, you are bringing to your nutrition session, the real like kind of challenges that you have. And it's like your opportunity to kind of work through things in almost like a real time, right? So rather than just looking at, um, you know, kind of some stress from nutrition or whatever, we're going to talk about those circumstances that maybe led up to that stress. It's like really your time to, um, almost pick a nutritionist brain and get the answers that you've really been kind of seeking. Right. So it's the way I coach is really kind of holding space for people to work through their frustrations when they're doing something. So say someone maybe does need to continue with, um, a low FODMAP diet, right? Maybe, maybe they need to continue in order to like help their healing and just get things going a little bit, but they're really struggling with that, you know, mental resistance. Um, part of what I do has absolutely nothing to do with shifting their protocols. Haley actually still is looking at all of that. Mm -hmm. My job is really to help them to figure out how do I handle this situation with as little stress as possible so that I can get through this in a very successful way rather than beating myself up and kind of just like constantly feeling like I'm getting kicked in the face, like with motivation being low. And so that's where it plays in. So, you know, people often, especially when they're transferring over, they're their other healthy habits are not going by the wayside. It's just that our focus is a little bit different, which allows that stress to come down, which then makes protocols so much easier to actually follow. Definitely. And, you know, that's where we do collaborate on a lot of cases to where I will oversee, you know, the medical nutrition side and Zoe will oversee the nutrition counseling side because that's really, you know, where both of our practices lie. Um, And that kind of brings us into a great talking point of, okay, well, we have these hormonal issues, we have these gut issues, 
obviously root cause, like we find the root cause with the hormones, we find the root cause with what's actually causing your symptoms. But what got you to this point? And I'm not bringing it up like, oh, you did this to yourself. I'm bringing it up like, okay, how can we shift our lifestyle? How can we let go of certain things, shift our habits to stop making ourselves sick? And I'll speak from experience here that this is something that I had to really look inward to do because I realized what got me here, like with my low cortisol was years of not prioritizing my health, not sleeping, trying to do everything, trying to please everyone, consuming insane. I don't even want to tell you how much caffeine I was consuming. I was training seven days a week. Uh, There was one week in college. I had like that mint app where it would like track your finances. (laughs) There was one week where I literally, in one week, seven days, spent $50 on coffee. That's like, that's like, no, it might have been more than $50. I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like, I mean, that's horrible. It's giving me flashbacks to school. Yeah, because there were times when, man, I was in a coffee shop like every single day towards the end there and... Ooh, but that is a situation, right? Where be perfect that example. Your body. Right. If someone looked at me and been like, Zoe, you're having these symptoms, like, here's what you need to do. That would have 100% been a situation where it's like, okay, we have something that's like controllable, but we also have this other stress to kind of like counter. And so mm-hmm. I think that just kind of really gives a good point of like, it really is so individual as far as changes go. And that's why it seems like it is so helpful for people to really just like dive into what's going on in their own story Mm -hmm. versus maybe looking for like general advice. I think when it comes to maybe like, you know, take this supplement, it's going to help this symptom or whatever. But if we don't really know what else kind of contributes to what's going on, then we're really not going to get the big picture. And that's where, Mm -hmm. you know, like we do personally tend to have like a lot of us have like some good self-awareness, but even as professionals, I know that you and I both acknowledge that there are some gaps where like, we'll see it in each other, right. To be like, well, duh, of course this is happening, right. Like you've got this going on. So like everyone has their own little tunnel vision. And so I think when we start to like, try to maybe apply these like gut health tips or hormone health tips, and then maybe we're like, oh shoot, like this isn't going the way that I thought. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to maybe it's not that that's not the root cause issue, but those things don't allow us to look at the individual situation, Mm -hmm. which I mean, like we've heard no two protocols are ever the same. No. And even with like, like a gut protocol supplement wise, like if you have SIBO, you have SIBO and we're doing these supplements, but I've had to have conversations with clients where it was like, Hey, look, like I understand that like you're trying to maintain normalcy and you're trying to grind with work and do all these things. But like, if we don't change certain things, I don't care what supplements you take, you are not going to get better. Your body is not going to be able to fight this if you don't work with it. And there are things that I had to call myself out on and Zoe has had to call me out on. So that way, you know, (laughs) I could heal from my issues too. And it is uncomfortable and it can be overwhelming because not only are we trying to say, hey, like take all these supplements and change your diet, but we're saying, oh, you can no longer do this or stay up this late or have this coffee, whatever it is. So that's where, you know, working with a professional and trying to have somebody on the outside to help you build that awareness for yourself is really important. Um, And Zoe, I'd love for you to kind of dive into, you know, how can somebody work on letting go of some of these things, whether it is like having a high step count when you need to rest your body or going to the gym every day and whatever it is. Yeah. So love this question. Um, I always go back to that autonomy, which I think there's just not enough of, and we don't give ourselves enough of when we do jump into, you know, any sort of program. So doing just a self inventory and seeing, you know, how am I really feeling? Like, do you go for a run after work and then still feel super anxious, like the rest of the night and your body's just on overdrive. And, you know, then you're just using that to tell yourself like, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, like go do this more. I just need to move more. Right. And 
if we find ourselves really kind of compulsively moving towards an action, that's where I always encourage people to just really get curious and see like, why am I being really compelled to like do this? Or why is it so hard for me to step back? So a way that we can do this is going back to that little pause trick that I have clients do like before they're eating, you can really do this, you know, before anything, right. Taking those pauses to say like, is this really something that is helping me or is it a detriment? And, you know, just honestly starting to also like open the lines of communication. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, is that, you know, little, um, you know, gut feeling or voice that says, Hey, you know, maybe you need to really get some sleep this week instead of going out with your girlfriends. And I know it's their birthday, but like you're exhausted and you feel like crap, go to bed. Right. But we ignore it and we just like keep pushing through. Um, but we need to start giving like some value to those like inner kind of instincts that I feel like we end up seeing in a lot of clients, or at least like, you know, when they start working with me, they see it and they're like, you know, like, that wasn't really working well or like, you know, I I did realize there was so much resistance there. And it was because, you know, that was like maybe my coping mechanism. So it's really important to kind of look at, you know, what benefit am I getting, but also like, what is the intention of what I'm doing? Because one of the things that um, I think we really commonly see are a lot of rules that we over time put on ourselves and we don't even realize. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, is probably the first time that you ever went to do a diet, maybe you started doing something that was like, I can't even remember. Um, like Atkins was Atkins, low carb or low fat. Oh God. I think it was low carb. carb. What was the low fat era? Like the nineties. Right. So say that, right. You started picking up on something where you were like, butter, butter's bad because I know that there was like a period of time in our culture, we're like butter, butter's, butter's horrible. We're right? to buy low fat cheese. Yes. And low fat cheese, which is like so bad. Fat that. is flavor, people. Fat is flavor. Low fat cheese. Anyway, I don't need to get in a ramble. <laughs> we love cheese here. Right? Like, so see, I got sidetracked by food. Now that's what I'm thinking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when we're looking at our habits, um, if, if we see something and it doesn't seem to be like rooted in our current reality. So like, for example, oh, I just don't eat butter because yeah, I just stopped eating butter at one point And that's a narrative that's continued. I have found that most 99% of people I work with have a set of rules that they don't even know existed yeah. until we ask them to change their behavior. And oftentimes these rules are where the progress is kind of hiding Um, because that's where it's like, we need to let go of those rules in order to help ourselves. So, um, I see this commonly, especially, um, in like the little bit more older, just in terms of our population that we serve, um, you know, like post-menopausal where it's a lot of like, I just need to move my body more. And like, it doesn't matter that I'm super bloated after dinner. I have to go for my like really long walk and maybe they're doing things that like really aren't contributing, but you know, they've learned in the past that that rule helped them at some point. So our brain naturally latches onto it, no matter if it was helpful or not. And we continue on. And if you're finding that there's like a resistance point to some sort of change, which is very common. Um, yeah, it's very normal. It's super normal thing that happens. Like our brain does not like change, even if it's something that's really positive, we tend to have some resistance. And so getting really curious when you have resistance rather than just being like, okay, I have resistance. I'm not going to worry about it. Push back on that and be like, well, yeah, it feels uncomfortable to not, you know, go for the run every day, go to the gym every day. Right. Like it feels uncomfortable, but like, why does it feel uncomfortable? And that's where we find, like, honestly, some people need to go through a gut protocol while they also need to go to therapy. I mean, we we do that where people, you know, they have these coping mechanisms and sometimes we find that maybe there's so much resistance, um, to giving those habits up. Like maybe you're someone that you're like, if I don't track my food, I will have a panic attack. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a case where it's like, you know, that's a really important thing to go and address with the appropriate professional, you know, not a life coach, not anything like that, like a, a therapist, right? Like not a 20 year old Instagram fitfluencer who tells you like, you know, mindset out of it, right? Like a, a professional to help you to develop actual behavioral coping mechanisms in order to help you overcome these behaviors. Because, um, and I know I just keep harping on over-exercise, but we just see it so much, especially yeah, with the hormone. the biggest health. one. It is the, I really with, think that with that's hormone the and gut one. issues, over-exercise, 
under eating. And then, so those are both stressors, right? And that's what we're getting at here is a lot of your habits that are just maybe your norm now, which is okay. You know, it's okay to have that are driving stress. And then we also add life stress. You have a, have a job that has stress. Maybe you have kids and that brings stress. Maybe you have a significant other that you also have to worry about how they're feeling, right? Our life is just stressful as a human. Life is stressful. And then we add rules like, okay, if you don't like 10,000 steps, I think this is a fantastic example. Fitbit came out and all of a sudden everyone was very focused on 10,000 steps. Now, most, most of the population. Now I'm not talking to those of you who are listening to this because most of you are in some sort of fitness space, right? But in general, in the United States, right? Most people are not moving their body enough. They're not walking enough. And we know that that's one of the best things that we can do for our body, right? So we started on this bandwagon of counting 10,000 steps. But if we continue to latch on to 10,000 steps as the paramount of health, which that is a side topic of why that's not true. But (laughs) if we hang on to that, right? That's a perfect example of a very rigid rule that holds a lot of people back. And if we look at it and we're like, okay, what happens if we don't get these 10,000 steps? Then that's usually when we come into a lot of this kind of like, I hate to say illogical because it sounds like almost callous, but it's true. Mm. We get this illogical thinking of, oh, well, this is what I've had to do in the past for whatever reason. Most of the time, most people haven't had to get those 10,000 steps to reach whatever, right? But that was a coping mechanism that they developed. So just being aware that those little tools, even if it's something that is like a helpful thing, it can still be something that's really driving us into an unhealthy, maybe habit behavior, or even just health. And maybe something that worked for you in the past also doesn't work. Like if you're a woman and what you were doing when you're 22, no longer works when you're 32. Well, like that makes a lot of sense. You've lived a lot of life, right? Like you continue to mature. And so looking at, you know, just the big picture of like, where is this coming from? When did this start? Definitely. And that's where too, During these three, six months while we're prioritizing gut issues and hormone issues, a lot of your habits are going to change. That's just, you know, part of it. And honestly, that's why I tell people like, I'm glad that this happened to me. I'm glad that I had candida and SIBO. I'm glad that my hormones tanked because otherwise I don't think I would have gotten out of my cycle of stress-inducing habits like the coffee, like not prioritizing my sleep, like pushing my body to exercise when it was screaming at me not to. And that's where during these protocols, obviously everybody is different, but one of the biggest things that we talk to our clients about is getting curious about what your body's trying to tell you, whether it's bloating, whether it's brain fog, whether you just don't feel refreshed after you're sleeping. Usually that isn't a green light, go push, do something else. Usually it's like a pause. Okay, well, what does my body actually need? And that is something that if you do not carry with you after you finish your protocol, you retest, you your symptoms are gone, it can come back. Once you have had a GI issue or a hormone issue, it is more likely that you could get one in the future. So not to scare anybody here, but the biggest thing is, you know, sustainability. And I think that's kind of what we're getting at with all of this. We make rules in our head. We follow a trend for a period of time. And, you know, before you jump on a bandwagon or start that new supplement, you know, ask yourself, well, is this going to be sustainable? And if you are starting with a coach or you are starting your own gut health or hormonal healing journey on your own, remind yourself that it is temporary. You know, those more strict protocols, they are not forever and they do serve a purpose. And I really think that, you know, if you're working with the right professional and you give yourself the head, the clear headspace to lead with that curiosity, which is probably something that we're going to say in every single podcast, you will grow so much and it will carry into the rest of your fitness journey so that not only now are your hormones and gut fixed so your body can actually change, but your mindset's just going to be in a better place. You know, you're ha- you're going to respect your body a little bit more. You're going to have more of an understanding of what's going on. And, you know, that's why I love taking clients through these protocols because it's for you to learn your body, right? It's for you to understand what it needs and what what mentally serves you and what doesn't. It's definitely a different way to make some really beautiful progress mm-hmm. that a lot of people, you know, don't get to make when maybe they're only focusing on things such as like aesthetics, right? It's like a good example if we're always focusing, you know, like on dieting, right? So 
And that's where too, there are a lot of coaches out there that do not have any idea about gut and hormones. Um, So that's where I do think that the space is the fitness, the industry online space is getting more and more aware. Um, I've honestly had a good handful of clients and not clients consults in the last couple of months with people that have coaches, but they just don't do this stuff because that's not their niche. And that's awesome. So, you know, I'll do a protocol with them and they'll continue with their coach. And it's just important to have your own awareness and not let these things be brushed under the rug and always be advocating for your health because odds are, if you don't feel like yourself, whether it's your gut, your hormones or brain fog, or you're reacting to a food, you can't sleep, odds are something's up. You know your body, go with your gut feeling when it comes to that. Absolutely. If something's like continually, you know, nagging you and for you, that is something that's impacting your life. Definitely don't, you know, keep quiet um, about it. And if you say like, reach out to one person, it might take looking at different resources, having consults with different professionals to see what you need to do. Um, and I'm going to like divert like just slightly, but also, um, on topic here, just about, um, you know, looking at a little bit of like where you're getting your information to. Cause I think mm-hmm. a lot of it can be a little bit of like a lot of scare tactics when it comes to things like hormone health and gut health. Um, and I know that there tends to be a lot of like fear a little bit, um, in some of the women that start some of these things, right. Just yeah. because of some of the language that's used. And I think it's important to just a little bit touch upon the fact that there are, you know, people out there in particular, like you know, I would call them a little bit more influencers, right. Who maybe like are a a personal trainer. And then now they're saying that they're hormone health specialists. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's just like something to, you know, I'm always educating people on like, you know, what you're consuming, right. It's important to have like a discernible eye and, um, you know, just look at multiple areas for your information. So if you're like seeing symptoms, like a list of, you know, symptoms, we see this a lot, like, boom, signs, your hormones are, are bad. Right. And we see it like really arm yourself with education and like look for multiple sources of information about what you are doing. Because if you are on a gut protocol, there's going to be like some sort of like other kind of confirming information. There's not going to be like a single person with the secret. So really arm yourself with knowledge. And there are a lot, like, I know you've done some really great lives where you've like dove into, you know, like literally the numbers of like, here's what I'm seeing. And like, here's the changes I'm making. Um, you know, if you're like curious about it, look, look at things like that and see like, all right, what is, you know, what does this look like and how maybe, um, you know, could it look like if I did something, you know, similar, but really, like I said, just be discernible about the information and be cautious when you're looking at gut specialist hormone specialist, look at what, you know, their experiences, their expertise is, are they putting a blanket protocol in everyone or is it individualized? Um, you know, that's another kind of important thing to look at too. I'm always like advocating, like, look at, you know, see what other people are doing. Look at, you know, obviously like look at the research, but also look at people's experiences of what, um, what they're doing. We can learn a lot. Yeah. Or just hire us. We've got you covered. Um, right. Like, or just hire us, I guess. Yeah. So my roundabout way of like plugging ourselves to be like, you know, make sure that when you are diving into something like this, because it is so intense, right? Like we talked about, like, it is. Yeah, it's a lot. Because it requires that intensity. I think it is important to make sure that you are working with qualified professionals um, who do have that like education experience. Um, and they also have just like that, that life experience of like actually putting um, people through these protocols and working them through it and knowing these different, um, scenarios, because like, it is something that's a little bit delicate when you are especially investing a lot of, you know, money, right? Like the testing, like you said, can, can run a little bit, maybe even like high for some people. And it's important to say like, all right, you know, maybe someone tells me I just need to go get a test, but we haven't tried some lifestyle factors. Maybe that's something to look at and be like, oh, like, is this really like the route I want to go? Or do I want to look at these other factors first? So yeah, like Haley mentioned, you know, like we do consultations for people and like kind of have that conversation if you're curious of like, is this something that I should even start looking at? Um, You know, we're definitely open to having that conversation with you. Definitely. And kind of a last point here is, you know, if you are someone that's been dealing with symptoms for a while and this episode overwhelmed you and you're like, oh my God, like, I don't know how I'm going to fit all of those protocols, all of that stuff, the supplements, the diligence with all of it into my life. Remember that, you know, at the end of the day, it's your life. Like, especially if I get somebody's like test results back and they have a vacation coming up, like we can wait a week to start our protocol. 
but you should still reach out to the professional you're thinking about hiring to get started because hopefully the podcast has kind of explained to you that more often than not, I'm not asking you to pay for a test right away. I'm not asking you to completely transform your lifestyle in a week. It's very at the pace of the client. And that's just kind of how we operate here. It's client-centered. So that's where you know, everybody's timeline is going to look different partially just because we all have very different lives. And we have to take that into account, whether you're a client that's just coming to us to lose weight, or you're somebody that's coming to us because of these these issues. So that's where hopefully um, that makes it a little bit less overwhelming. And if you do have follow-up questions on this episode, especially, do not hesitate to shoot me a DM. This is honestly my favorite thing thing to talk about right now anyway, um, is all these gut and hormone issues. So we're always here if you do need um, a professional opinion. And yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, just know that I think you made a good point there just to touch on before we hop off that, you know, you can start with some things now. I don't think there's been a single soul yet um, that you've come across that, you know, there's not something that can be done to like start working towards, um, you know, being or having managed symptoms, right? I don't want to say totally symptom free, right? Yeah. Like being in the ideal situation, but you know, oftentimes there, there are steps that we can take. So don't um, kind of let that um, intimidation factor get to you because, you know, the whole point is to customize it to your life so that you are actually like learning what's going on and actually how, how and why we're responding the way that we're responding. And you can really, again, just start to make a lot of progress. So if you're someone who's kind of like, oh, you know, maybe I want to lose like a little weight first before I work on this, or maybe like life's a little crazy or something. This is actually like a really good time because, you know, we do make it around your life and that's where you're really going to get the biggest learning factor versus waiting until life um, is kind of more perfect. Yeah. And it all comes together too. You know, most of my clients that come to me for gut and hormone issues also have body composition goals. And that's where we'll talk timeline. We'll say, okay, well, you know, these are the steps that we need to take physiologically to get your body in a good place to actually be able to change, to be able to train as hard as you want to train and eat the way you want to eat. So we're always keeping all of those short and long-term goals in mind. Um, it's just very important that you're able to, you know, be okay with a little bit of discomfort throughout the process. But that kind of goes for anything when it comes to the body. Right. And the whole, you know, and it's like the beauty, right. Of working on a team as Haley and I mentioned is that, you know, like we can provide you the support to say, you know, give you those actual like data protocols and then help you with the actual behavior implementation. So it's not that you're just given something and then told like, okay, good luck. Um, you never. You know, we're asking right? Like we're asking you every week, like what challenges, you know, like, do you have, do you have any ideas how to get through it? And if not, we are there to say, all right, here's an A, B and C option for you. And then like, you don't even know that we have like plan D, E and F in our back pocket too. <laughs> and so like, that's kind of the, you know, benefit as well is like, if you're thinking about it, you're like, oh man, I can't even imagine doing that. Well, like, of course, if you haven't had a professional in your corner to like literally cater something to your life, it makes sense that you'd be like, yeah, this seems so intimidating. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. Well, if you guys liked this episode, um, subscribe, share it. If there's anybody else out there you think would also like it. And then if you do have any follow-up questions, just shoot us a message on Instagram. We're always happy to talk to you about this or hop on a call. And with that, thank you guys for hanging out. Thanks, guys.